Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. Hi, welcome back to People of Purpose. I'm not your host, Tanner Badgley, but he will be back next week. However, for this week, we'll be wrapping up our conversation with Ellen Shane on honoring her daughter's memory by making a difference in the lives of others. If you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, I highly encourage you checking that out. Some of the things we covered were the turning point in her life and how she managed to turn from trauma into a sense of purpose. She also shared why and how she started the Emily Shane Foundation. Spoiler alert, it has a lot to do with her daughter, and that's a story you don't want to miss. She also talked about how the stress and just things that they were going through at the time related to functioning well in the household and how her husband helped her in that. And then lastly, Ellen discussed the SEA Foundation and how it helps kids reach their purpose. Now, for this episode, we'll be covering the Achievement Award she received from Barack Obama, her advice to younger people, and the SEA Foundation's Pass It Forward culture. Let's dive in, and here's to becoming People of Purpose. I guess what I want to talk about next, um, let's go ahead and bring up something that (laughs) most people don't know about you. (laughs) And that is the whole 2015 Lifetime Achievement Award from President Barack Obama. That's kind of a big deal. And I have a feeling that's highly related to the SEA program. How do those two tie together? Well, you know, I didn't even know, I guess you're nominated for it. It was a, apparently a two-year vetting process or something. <laughs> I didn't really know much about it. And then it was presented to us at, um, at an event that we went to. And I was just completely, so, first of all, so honored, but in a bit of shock because I, I, I wasn't expecting it. And um, I have it, I'm looking at it now, I have it. Um, plaque on my wall and I have a little pin that I got also um which is kind of nice and I think I think for um anyone you know I've won there been a couple of awards there was another one that was really significant to me because it's from my local community and it's called the Dolphin um awards that they give to citizens of the year in in the community where I live uh but I don't do this for any kind of accolade or award it became it was something as I tried to convey that was intrinsic in me that I felt I had to do and I will say that it started really as a grief response because when someone dies there's nothing you can do about their death but yes there is this was the next best thing we could do is to create a foundation keep her memory alive keep it alive by helping other kids with something she herself struggled with that to me is very meaningful and it helped me cope with the grief. I realized 
if I didn't before that I was very much a doer. You know, I never stopped from the moment she died. It wasn't like I stopped life and was depressed and lay around at home and didn't know what to do with myself. I'm the opposite type of person. I kind of my grief response was to forge ahead and move forward and do things and be active and not stop living. That was just the way I was able to deal with it. But truly, what keeps me going now and working, I work very, very hard at what I do. Uh, it's really the rewards of seeing the difference it makes for these kids. It's unbelievable to me that these children are so, that's why I said they're capable of so much and all they need is that person involved to help guide them and teach them and show them and be there for them. And I wish I had the funding, you know, there's a lot I want to do. I wish I could track the kids as they go on from the program once they finish middle school. I think that'd be valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been able to do any significant statistical analysis. I haven't been able to track even the mentors and what they do. A lot of them, you know, we get a lot of uh, qualitative feedback. We usually twice a year, we'll get surveys filled out and information from the parents, the kids and the mentor tutors. And I always find it so, um, most of them are just so rewarding to read what they write about the difference it makes for these kids and for the mentor tutors, how rewarding this work is. Even if the kids, some of the kids are very challenging. They're difficult. You know, they come in, I don't care about school. This is not important to me. Uh, you know, they, yeah. it, it, they've kind of given up. That's familiar to me. <laughs> but obviously you're doing something right because there wouldn't be this kind of accolades and it's like you said we don't do it for the accolades but that usually gets attention there's usually a reason we receive those it's not extremely often that those are just given out for no reason so you guys are doing something right let's talk about that that bigger scale impact yes I I think, as I said to you, that education, if you don't finish those two critical components, the middle school and high school, you know, it's kind of like your ticket to your life, whatever you're going to do. And that's why I feel, uh, you know, strongly about it and why I'm so passionate about what I do. Let's let these kids have that opportunity so that they can make something of themselves in their life. Because often kids who fit our profile will, will head in a very negative direction. You know, they're not doing well in school, possibly, not always, but sometimes there's something going on at home and they end up, you know, dealing drugs or using drugs or in, I've had kids in gangs, they're sixth graders. It, Starts very young, the seed, you know, because I think when you're not doing well or when things are going wrong, it's easy to fall prey to other things where you can, you can either feel like you stand out or you can do what you want. Like you have uh, a modicum of control over something right. else. Right. Or they act out or they become unhappy like that, that student I told you about who was so sad and depressed and his, you know, your whole self-esteem, no one, fe I don't think anyone feels good when they're failing, even if they don't admit it, you don't, but you know what? It's okay to fail. Like I tell them when they come into this program, forget, forget your grades and forget where you're at. 
because we're going to give you the right help to help you be the best you can be. And I emphasize to them that while they will have someone helping and guiding and teaching and all of that, they actually have to step up and do the work. Yeah. The mentor tutor can't do it for them. Exactly. They have to become inspired. So um, I think on a broad, broad level, education is really the ticket to your future. Again, whatever you're going to do, whatever that is. I'd like you to take a moment and speak to the younger person who is listening to this podcast um, and talk about what advice you would give them specifically. I mean, imagine if you had a moment to speak to Emily again about her school, knowing everything that you know now, or one of her friends that might've been struggling, what kind of advice would you give to them? I would, I used to say to Emily, you know what? <laughs> Think of this as a game. I used to say that to her, you got to win the game because the game is your future. It's for you. So you don't have to like it at all. We all have to do things we don't like, every single one of us, but you got to get through it. So if you like it, that helps. You know, if there's subjects you like or things that you're engaged in, terrific. But you want to win the game. So every test, every quiz, every assignment, whatever it is, your homework, think of it as one step towards your goal. That's what you have to visualize. And you've got to get to that goal. And you do what you need to do to make it happen. Because that's kind of my attitude in my own life. And I think it serves people well. It, I used to say to her, you know, you take it in increments. It's not like it's one big thing, middle school. You do it year by year, test by, you know, because a lot of kids will say, well, why is this, this quiz is not that important or this test, well, but it's one step towards your goal. You have to just look at it that way. And tackle things in that manner, because if you look at it that way, then you will be motivated because you do want to have a great future for yourself. You do want to have a, an admission ticket to your life, so to speak. And when you're young, that's the best time that you can turn these things around. So if they have bad habits or they're engaging in things that they maybe shouldn't be doing, they can, they can straighten that all out. They can get on track. It's never too late, ever. But middle school is a great time to catch it because then they start high school on a solid footing. They know the skills they need. They know how to be organized. They know how to study. They know what they need to. They've got the knowledge background and they can kind of go forward in a very solid footing versus if they had just been left without this program. So I would say to a young person exactly that, just go for it and do what you need to do. I hope that, you know, with, I wish this program is totally replicable. It could be literally anywhere. And that's one of the things that I keep hoping I can bring to fruition at some point is not only expand where I operate here in Los Angeles and Ventura counties, but beyond. Because I guarantee you, if you go to any middle school, you're going to find kids who fit our profile. Yeah, and especially as you reach out to places beyond the United States where education might not be um, the same culturally as it is there, uh, where failing might be a little bit easier to get along with, um, but have more drastic consequences. I, I agree, there's a lot of replicability here. So as we're closing out, I want to talk about that, but then I also want to ask about the... Um, 
passing it forward. So which one do you want to tackle first? Because I have a very specific question on the passing it forward. Well, ask me, what, what's your question? Um, for the passing it forward, uh, so I come from a very, uh, I don't know exactly what your worldview is, but I come from probably a different worldview. And mine says, okay, good deeds are awesome. But there's this very key thing that you mentioned about recording the good deeds. And I'm like, what is the point of that? Why do we record them? Yeah, we should do them. Yes, that's that's great. Why do we record them? Why do what? So, what's a big deal for you there? I'm really curious to know. Oh well, I like the kids to see what everyone else is doing. You know, the little things, whether they're little or big, to um, to make a difference for someone else in their life, or to bring a little happiness or joy in somebody's life. So that's why we record them. And the other reason is that. You know, middle school kids being middle school kids initially, <laughs> you know, uh, oh, I didn't do my deed. I forgot my good deed or I didn't do it. And I kind of felt very strongly about it. I thought, you know, it's a passive forward. So on one hand, the good deed is, you know, we're giving you this gift of learning, of someone helping you and working with you. Can you do something nice for somebody for that? So I think I felt that it was important that they actually step up and do it because so how some hard accountability. Is it to do right? How hard is it to do something nice for somebody? And then of course the other side was that my hope was that this is something that would kind of stay with them and they would become a little more socially conscious as they grew up. You know that you know if you're thinking about doing something nice for someone twice a week at least it kind of hopefully would stay with you. So that was the reasoning or the thinking behind it. And so we started recording them. We had the, I have the mentor, tutors, whoever's working with us too. What was your good deed? What did you do? We often start off their session that way. And truly, if you look at them, it doesn't really matter what they're doing. It's for the idea that they thought about and did something nice for somebody. I mean, I remember when a boy saying he made a birthday cake for his mother, you know, to surprise her on her birthday. I mean, cute things like that, I think, are really meaningful, even helping a neighbor, calling a lonely relative to say hello. I mean, those are all good deeds. And they, they're not, you know, it doesn't have to be something significant. It could be something small that you're just helping out around the house or trying to you know, bring a little light into somebody else's day. Yeah, so it's like not really the publicizing so much as the cultivating that attitude. And as you mentioned, middle schoolers being middle schoolers, the accountability of that attitude. Yes. <laughs> well, as we're wrapping things up, I would really like um, you to talk about how our audience and how others who are listening to this can engage with the C program and can really help build this. And like you said, something that I would love to talk about um, maybe after the call or if, if it comes up again is the recl replicability <laughs> of this. Because I think you're right, there's a lot of value there and that, that would definitely have go a long way towards helping people have a more purposeful future. Right, well, I would say the best thing is just to go to our website because there's a way to contact us. It's Emily Shane, E-M-I-L-Y-S-H-A-N-E, emilyshane.org.org. And right now there's a splash page for the children's book I wrote. Um, so they can learn about that. It's helping to support the foundation and it's uh, 
the first in a series of true stories about our dogs. So they can see that if they look at the website and they can learn more about the C program and again, contact us. And then you can also just send an email to info, I-N-F-O at emilyshane.org. So there's just directing anyone to our website is probably the best way to communicate with us directly and quickly. And then lastly, what's one practical thing that somebody listening today can do to hashtag pass it on, as you guys would say? Oh, that's a hard question. Uh, Do you mean like a good deed or or pass it forward? (laughs) Is that what you're asking? Any way you want to take that. What's one practical way I they would implore them to see, uh, to check into our program and see if they can help spread awareness, follow us on our social media handles, uh, anything that you can do to help us increase the level of awareness, because I believe the support would come and then we could help so many more children who need this and help set them on, on a good path for a positive future. Yeah, I think that's definitely something that they can do. Well, hey, this has been really educational. Um, curious for somebody who maybe doesn't have uh, somebody in middle school or doesn't have uh, the ties to be able to help on the ground. Can somebody also sponsor uh, some mentoring yes. sessions like this? Because it sounds like that's a big deal, a big need. Um, yes, a huge need would be, you know, would be great and I mean any any kind of support is is appreciated and welcomed and there's kids who could be sponsored for you know it's it's roughly and it's just a a rough estimate that we've done it's about a thousand dollars a year per student so and any combination whether it's half a year a quarter year a month of sessions whatever it is yeah that's that's less than ten dollars a month that's right most people could do something like that so. Yes. Well, right on. I didn't mean to cut you off. Please continue. Oh, that's okay. No, that's fine. Um, that's that's all I was going to say is that it, we would be grateful for anyone who would want to help some of these kids. Because my biggest frustration, as I said to you, is that I wish we could grow and expand to, to meet to meet the need, and especially now with the pandemic and online learning the ones who are more impacted negatively by it are our very population that we serve. And so it would be great to get some support. You know, we were affected as well. We couldn't have the fundraiser we normally do. And we had to scale a lot of things back, but we learned, as I mentioned before, when you have challenges, you learn to adapt and you handle them and you keep going. And so uh, again, the support probably at this time would be, much appreciated more so maybe than at other times just because of the circumstance. Yeah, that is definitely doable. And let's talk after the call to see what um, you and I can work on together. I think there's probably some way that um, that people of purpose can help you. Well, I think this has been very educational, very informative. Um, it's been really cool to hear how your journey went from um, just kind of hanging out, being a mom, doing the things to taking tragedy by the reins and turning that into something that's going to impact a lot of people's futures. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Well, thank you. And I, I just want to say to any listeners, especially people who 
are grieving. I know a lot of people have been impacted by COVID uh, or any other circumstance that there is, you know, there is a way through and not to ever give up or let, let that grief and loss take you down so low that you don't live your own life and that hopefully you rise up and live in that person's honor and memory and keep going because you have to live your life. Wow. That is a powerful note to end on. Well, thank you so much again for being a guest here, Ellen, and thank you guys for listening. Uh, again, if you liked what Ellen's doing, if, if you think that you have an idea to help out, or if you just want to sponsor somebody, uh, head on over to the Emily Shane Foundation. We'll put a link in the show notes for you as well. Uh, and again, thank you guys for listening so much. Uh, this is Tom with People of Purpose. Goodbye. So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question or something you want help working through? Do you need support in doing what it's going to take to live your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our wonderful guests. If you have any friends that might enjoy this episode or the podcast, bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. If you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as the purposeful people and communities I'm a part of around the world, follow the podcasting journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast. You can connect with our purpose-seeking community on Facebook at People of Purpose by liking and following our page. Know the minute each new episode is published, Hear first about upcoming People of Purpose opportunities and receive regular tidbits of inspiration and media I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me, to nourish your personal path of purpose. For the ultimate engagement, join our intentional group Purpose Seekers from the Facebook page. Join in longer-form discussions, link up with accountability partners, and share in opportunities and challenges to better know and grow in your purpose. Send me a direct message on either Facebook or Instagram if you want to talk privately and receive personalized guidance on how to raise your sales and write your ship. Come forth with your biggest dreams and aspirations, and I will do my best to connect you with the necessary resources and mentors from my network to start your trek along your personal path of purpose. Cheers, and here's to becoming 